It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's another Dunkin' Philly victory show. Mm, football and free coffee. Let's break this thing down right here on BGN Radio, part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Sproul standing at his own 45. The putt is away. It's a high end-over-end punt. Sproles takes it at the 35, starts up the middle. He's at the 50. He's at the 40. Cuts to his right. He's at the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! He's done it again. Darren Sproles! Wow. Holy cow, what a freaking game that was, guys. <laughs> 45-21. Almost got that 50-burger that I wanted. Almost got on there. Of course, it's another Duncan Victory show. And uh, it's John Bartrand hanging out with you uh, for right now. I'm jumping on for a couple of things. One, to remind you that, of course, after every Eagles win, and if you're in the greater Philadelphia area, you get some free coffee every time that the Eagles win. That's a free medium Hot or iced coffee, and uh, you can always check out the details on the Duncan mobile app. Um, just go and download the app, and uh, you know that's how you get your free coffee. And also check out our friends Duncan Philly at Duncan Philly on Twitter or in Facebook for more information on that. Eagles fans run on Duncan, and so am I this morning. And I'm sure, man, oh man, I just it's the day after, and I still can't get over it. I'm jumping on here real quick because I want to apologize for the delay in the show. We had some massive, massive file corruption, and I, I couldn't figure out what, what exactly was going on. Um, we tried to upload the show three or four different times, and it just wasn't happening. So I apologize for the delay. Um, I almost thought this was going to be a Shilkapadia type of disaster where we would lose the entire show. Uh, we were down at, uh, excuse me, we were down at Philly Faithful for the viewing party. And a uh, big shout out to Dan down there who is putting that all, all that stuff together. That's a lot of work, brother. So thank you so much for uh, inviting us down there to have the, the podcast there with uh, Dan Klosner and uh, Patrick Walton. And we had uh, Mike K, of course, uh, chiming in as usual with his beautiful self. But um, yeah, just a great cause for to uh, celebrate kind of Movember 
and uh, make uh, make us more aware of that. And we'll get into that in just a second. But uh, yeah, guys, I mean, this was this was such a fantastic game, and we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties down there as well. And that's my own fault because I actually thought I was like, oh man, my voice is echoing like I'm Mufasa to uh, you know paraphrase Chip Kelly a little bit, but uh, realize we're just <laughs> sitting too close to one another. Yeah, you know that whole thing. So you'll kind of hear me as like the voice of God, but we had such a great time down there and, uh, you know, go check out, uh, phillyfaithful.com. They have a lot of great t-shirts and they do a lot of great viewing parties with that. So with that being said, here is the, your, uh, original reaction show right here on BGN radio. Thanks again, everybody. What's going on? Bleeding green nation. I would, uh, scream and yell, but this cathedral of awesomeness that we're in right here, on uh, at Philly Faithful on 4th and Brown here in the wonderful city of Philadelphia as we are recording live, which is a dumb term, but I'm going to use it anyway as I can actually physically see Mr. Patrick Wall, Mr. Dan Klosner, and of course, all the way in Phoenix, uh, Mr. Mike K. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. I wish I was there with you guys for that great cause that you guys were repping tonight, but uh, glad to be on with you. Yes, and uh, you know, uh, speaking of which, we have a couple extra special guests that Mr. Dan from Philly Faithful, and of course, Andy from Movember. How are you doing tonight, guys? Tell us what's all going on. Sure. Uh, so Movember is a leading global organization committed to change the face of men's health. And we do that through getting guys to grow mustaches during the month of November. So we're you know just about halfway through some incredible mustaches being grown here. I saw quite a few tonight. They're pretty awesome. But we use this mustache as a conversation starter to get guys to talk about their health often these you know difficult conversations that never come up so using the mustache to spark those conversations raise some awareness some funds for prostate cancer testicular cancer and mental health that's very very cool and dan's uh you know allowing us in this uh, wonderful cathedral that he's built here uh with they had a huge uh, viewing party and a really great turnout i think everybody especially zach anderson who uh, was hanging out with us tonight thank you zach for hanging out with us tonight but dan i mean um how did you guys get involved with uh, no, uh movember so uh, i started my involvement about five years ago um was made aware of the organization through a couple friends of mine who we've done some uh charity t-shirts for and uh when they told me about the gist of it uh, it seemed like it was a perfect fit i love growing a mustache love uh <laughs> love helping out for charitable causes and philly faithful is a great platform to be able to do that we do as you said have this this awesome cathedral and we kind of subscribe to the uh the testament of uh if you build it they will mow <laughs> uh, love it. And, and by the way dan is rocking like very very stylish mustache it's it's, it's, it's the the very beginning stages of the thick porn stash that'll come in by the end of the month so around thanksgiving time uh it, it's great it's as you as andy said earlier it really is about starting the conversation and uh and nothing gets people asking questions like a uh, a voluptuous lip fur on top there so i love it no i love that's it that's correct yeah absolutely and of course um, uh andy was telling me about uh, they're partnering up with harrys.com who actually got a really sweet sweet ass razor and uh, definitely go check them out too because once you're done with the november you need a nice Nice clean shave afterwards. So yes. Well, yes. yeah. Well, and you got to keep it neat through the month. That's I mean, right. You got to you got to wear the mustache. You can't let the mustache wear you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Dan, from uh, of course, always you go check out phillyfaithful.com for excellent t-shirts. One, uh, two in particular, I think that are designed by Mr. Dan Klosner, our co-host tonight, right? Dan, Dan has his tentacles into many different elements of the Philly Faithful organization. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, guys, thanks for uh, taking some time here, and thanks for uh, having a place where we can all hang out, start a conversation about men's health, and watch the birds kick ass tonight. Yeah, well, thanks for coming. Thanks for the support. It's, it was a great event, and uh, as you said, the, uh, the result was really fantastic. 
Yeah, and you know, just go to Movember.com, check it out. There's still plenty of time to sign up and grow that mustache. Awesome, awesome cause, Movember.com. Obviously got to check that out and uh, support a great cause as we grow silly mustaches and get the conversation started. Well, I mean, quite a few things to talk about tonight, gentlemen. And uh, first of all, almost getting that 50 burger, but uh, just, just uh, you know, five points shy of that. Uh, outside of that, Mike, I mean, what were what were the first things that kind of are, are coming to your mind here other than the awesomeness of Jordan Matthews? The front seven in general was just incredible. I, you know, uh, Brendan Graham had one and a half sacks. Uh, Connor Barman uh, had three and a half sacks. Uh, uh, now it's ten and a half for the season. Yeah, ten and a half for the season. His career high is eleven and a half, so he's one off. Um, you know, you have guys that are getting uh, forced fumbles. Casey Matthews had a forced fumble that they awarded from Cedric Thornton, but I thought it was a Cedric Thornton forced fumble. Uh, Graham had one. Vinnie Curry had a sack fumble. I mean, just over uh, Trent Cole had a sack. I mean, I just thought that they were very good about finishing today. Uh, there was one play where Brandon Graham almost got home, but then uh, Cam threw for a first down. But I thought in general they played well. And how about Bradley Fletcher, who uh, I, I want to take credit for it. I called it. I thought he was going to have a great game against the slow Panthers uh, wide receivers. Played probably his best game as an Eagle. Uh, maybe the best game of his career. He had five pass breakups and a pick six for, well, a pick six. You get what I mean. But Mike, real quick, where did he go to college again? He went to Iowa. Hey, wow, that, that, that natural reverb in this place is amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that and just, uh, Patrick, where, where's your head out right now after this? Are you feeling pretty confident with this is the kind of thing that we wanted to see from last year with the Bears and, and just kind of a dominating win, pretty satisfying win? How are you feeling right now? Most of my thought is on the defense right now. I mean, you went into this game knowing that the Panthers' offense was not going to be world beater by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, you still have to play you still have to be able to go out there and and shut down the receivers and you know garbage time touchdowns by kelvin benjamin notwithstanding i mean they did a great job the running game never got even close to started uh cam newton was under pressure all day he was getting sacked he got a little beat up there midway through the first half i believe uh it was just a it was an encouraging performance and and obviously not every game is going to be like that but it's nice that we've seen uh two games like that so far this season with the uh, Giants shutout being the other. Um, it's nice to know that when your defense really needs to show up, it can come out and, and play a game like that. Yeah, it's nice to know that, um, you know, you can have two decent quarterbacks in the system and still be able to move the ball around. I'm curious, Dan, what was your thoughts on uh, Mark Sanchez on his first start of the year? Um, the number one thing that's really noticeable is how smooth he is in terms of his pocket movements. I keep thinking uh, every, every time that he was moving around in the pocket, there was no... There was no backpedaling. There was no throwing off your back yeah. foot as you're jumping backwards. It was always slide to the left, slide to the right, maybe some crisscross, you know. <laughs> Everybody clap your hands. But he would he would keep his eyes downfield. He would slide to elude the pressure. He'd reset his feet, reset, you know, keep his shoulders square, and he'd deliver a strike. And that's really, I mean, there were there were multiple plays where I just kept thinking Nick would have backed up into a sack. Yeah. He would have been hit from behind, and the fumble would have been forced. Nick stayed in the pocket, seemed very comfortable. There was no... You know, spastic movements, nothing jittery. He was very calm in the pocket. He only ended up completing 54% of his passes, and I thought he looked off early on. But, you know, he made some big throws when he needed to, starting with that third down pass of Jordan Matthews on yeah, the first touchdown dr- on the touchdown drive that they went 90-plus yards. And from there, everything kind of seemed to be rolling. That 
almost touchdown pass to Brent Selleck was a thing of beauty. Yeah. I really thought he settled in nicely as the game went on. And especially since, you know, the run game didn't do anything. They gained, what, like 30-something yards on the ground. So I was, uh, I was, there was good and there was bad from Sanchez, but definitely more good. And he finished with a quarterback rating over 100. So really, what more can you say? Yeah, you can't argue with that. I'm curious, Mike, what did you think of Sanchez's performance tonight? I thought he did, uh, you know, I thought he did well. I, uh, outside of maybe the Redskins' performance, I thought he played better than any game that we had seen in, from Foles this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to me, I think that the definite improvement is what Dan had said. I think if you're looking at the way he stepped up in the pocket and eluded defenders, I thought he did a fantastic job. Now, Nick was able to elude defenders, but then he'd back up into another one. Uh, Sanchez kept his his eyes downfield and was still able to elude pressure. Um, he made some really good strikes. I like the way he worked the slot. I like the way he incorporated his, his tight ends. I thought Brent Selleck had probably the best game he's had in two years. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think he utilizes weapons pretty well. Um, I think Matthews and, and Sanchez are going to be a really scary matchup go, moving forward. And they didn't really even need Jeremy Macklin, who, in my opinion, had been the MVP over the last three games. Yeah, so a pretty quiet day for him. Pretty quiet day for LaShawn McCoy there, too, Patrick. And I, 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 I'm trying to, I mean, like, not to poo-poo the performance at all. I thought everything, I mean, we were yelling and screaming the whole time uh, you know, this place is rocking throughout the whole game, but something kind of funky is still happening with LaShawn McCoy. I don't know if it's a, a, a kind of a, a hurt thing. If, is he worrying about money next year? I have no idea exactly what's happening, but it looked like, especially on a couple of throws, short throws, he was avoiding contact, still doing a lot of uh, shifting and shading around when he should just be, kind of be hitting the hole. Uh, what what what's going on with Shady, man? It's hard to say. It seems like it's kind of the the culmination of a lot of things. I mean, it might be, you know, Dan and I were talking about this during the game. Uh, you know, it could just be that he doesn't trust his line yet. Um, I mean, this is the most complete version of the offensive line he's run uh, run behind. Um, and even still, the, I mean, there weren't he wasn't running wide open or anything like that. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he was he was missing blatant holes and just wasn't hitting. I mean, the running game wasn't able to get going and it's not entirely on, on the running backs. Yeah. It it seemed like just, just from eyeballing it there, it seemed like the Panthers were really gearing up to stop the run. Um, even, you know, it kind of looked like something, even though the, the line is the healthiest it's been, it looked like almost one of those beginning of the season games, the one against the, the Niners where there just wasn't much room. As soon as the ball was snapped on a run play, the line of scrimmage was being, you know, it was, was kind of being pushed back a, a yard or two. And there was, there was nothing, there was no immediate push. There were no huge holes. He really wasn't able to bounce anything outside. He didn't, you know, he looked a little hesitant. There was no explosion, but I, I just, it looked like one of those early season games where it was tough to tell who's, a, who's responsible for this. Is it the offensive line? Is it shady? And, you know, luckily we got 14 points from special teams and defense. The, yeah. you know, the defense set up the offense for another easy 10 points. And, you know, it really wasn't that it really didn't become an issue that your running game didn't do anything all day. But next week, I, I have a feeling that it's, if you can't get your run game going, you're going to be leaving Green Bay with your tail between your legs, losing by three or four touchdowns. So it's really it's it's something that they really need to get going for the rest of the season. I think you're starting to see why it is that Chip Kelly had to call so many pass plays regardless of of what was happening. I mean, the defenses are still not completely respecting the quarterback play at all. So they're just going to be like, you know what? That's that's the biggest threat that I think can get this thing moving and the and the train moving and, and how 
this Eagles offense works and you're seeing it too because when you have to run those pass plays I think that's exactly why Sanchez struggled in the beginning just like Dan was talking about here so I mean what on earth Mike can you start to do to get that run game back I'm not you know everybody expected yeah Evan Mathis is here now Tobin's on the right side that should be good enough to start kicking things and blocking out but I mean if if you have to go to the air for most of the season how is that going to pan out for this Eagles team well, it won't pan out well, but I think what you do, and they showed a little bit of this, is putting Shady and Sproles in the backfield. Uh, they had a little bit of success with that. I think there was one play in particular that they did really, really well. Um, I, I think you've got to do more of like a 22 personnel. I mean, Riley Cooper's been a, a decent blocker. He had a great block, him and Brent Selleck, on that first uh, Sproles touchdown. But outside of that, you you really need to utilize your talent, which in my opinion is Macklin and the wide receiver and running back group. So you run 22 personnel and you have Macklin out there and you see what you can get going with that. That's that's kind of what I would do, especially against the Packers, who I think they blew their load the other night against the Bears. I don't... Believe me, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL by like a very large margin, but I don't think that their defense is as good as they looked. I think you can definitely torment them with the running backs. I think you can, I think Jordan Matthews will be huge, especially if Micah Hyde has to cover him. Good luck with that, bro. Also from the University of Iowa? Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't think. I don't think the Packers blew their load at all. They exerted pretty much no effort in totally destroying the Bear Souls the other night. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't buy anything of that. I think that that's a team that's super dangerous at home. You know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, don't, I think that you're going to see what they what they do on defense, pretty similar to what the Panthers did today. Stack the box, be like, hey, Mark Sanchez, if you can beat us, go for it. And I don't know. Listen. I, I don't think you can count on the defense uh, producing five turnovers against Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't happen. I don't think you can. I don't think you can rely on the defense scoring a touchdown. Maybe you'll get a special teams touchdown, but it's going to be one of those games where, listen, the offense scored 21 points on their own today of actual like legitimate drives. If you are, if you, if you're going to try to beat, you're not going to beat the Packers with 21 points on offense. I just, no matter how no, well the defense is playing, I don't think that's going to happen. So. A lot of like a lot of good things to be. It was one of those games that reminded you of the Niners game from the beginning of the season or the Rams game because of how you know how many absurd amount of points the defense and the uh, special teams scored. But it's one of those things where you that's not sustainable. Right. And you're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna need the offense to be a machine that that can really hum along and not you know it's 21 points is good, but it was there were way too many drives today that just stalled out completely and didn't have any staying power, just didn't have first downs. So, you know, they were lucky that they got the production that they did from other facets of the team. And that's why it's a team game. But I'm, uh, I don't mean to, to rain but on Dan, anybody's but Dan, I'm, I'm concerned. Narratives, narratives, Dan, narratives. What narratives are we talking about? Uh, that the, uh, the Packers defense isn't very good and that, uh, yeah, neither the Eagles is have a very defense. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I, I know. I know what you're saying. And like, hey, you know, their defense is bad against the run. And keep in mind that Carolina came into this game with the worst rush defense in football, and we exactly. ran for like 35 yards. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I don't want to hear any of that crap. Although that probably means that we're going to end up running for like 300 <laughs> yards next week. But. It's possible. I mean, it's just I. I just I don't think you can get 
into a duel with Aaron Rodgers, especially against you know the Eagles' defense, just like Dan was saying there. But uh, and especially with Mark Sanchez, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, offen- right. no offense, he played great, yeah, but let's yeah. let's not, you know. Yeah, uh, he played good. I wouldn't say he played great. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, there were there was good and bad. He, I, I thought that after the first couple drives, I thought he really settled in. He had the he had the Matthews connection, like they were playing like it was preseason again. They when they were really had a really great chemistry in preseason. It looked like that again. Oh, yeah. Jordan Matthews had his breakout game. He looked great. Um. Yeah, like Mike said, that I like said this before, you know, before we came on the air, but he thinks that Jordan Matthews can end up. What a, I don't know Jordan Matthews' current stats after today's game, but he he's thinks over, that Jordan. Yeah. He's are, over four hundred. He's over four hundred. He thinks that he could double his production, you know, in these last seven games with Sanchez. So let's you know we'll we'll see what happens. Like but that. It, that 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 connection is just so natural. Yeah. It was in the preseason. You saw them have great chemistry, and today. I mean, Mark was always looking for him. Jordan was getting open. Um, I think that's going to be a really exciting, exciting development to watch for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's huge, and it's just again, it's especially when you're down in that red zone area, which are, which is going to become crucial. If especially if that run game can't get going, I mean, that's a that's a great target to have and that kind of chemistry to go with here. Uh, you know, Patrick, some other things. I mean, like you know, obviously the defense played out of its mind. What did they finish with? Nine sacks. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. I thought Connor Barwin did a fantastic job, pretty much spying uh, Cam Newton the whole entire night. Uh, Benny Logan again, another again. This front seven, if you can get into it, is right to you know. I mean, if that if that's the thing that I think that can carry a team if your run game isn't working. It's, it's, the, it's been the best, most consistent part of the team all season, yeah. and they finally, after that Niners, uh, starting with that Niners game, they finally started to get some pressure too. And not just pressure, but started finishing. They got to be—I don't know—they got to be easily in the what the top five or ten in sacks in the league now. You know, it's—it's it's really been a remarkable. I, you know, Billy get a lot of credit to Billy Davis too. Schemes, schemes have been great, and the pressure starting to get home, and we're really starting to see this thing come into focus. But uh, you know, like I said, if I could kiss any man in the world, it would be Benny Logan, and then <laughs> Connor Barwin right behind him. They were both. They're both phenomenal. He was uh, staring deeply into Patrick uh, Wall's eyes as, as he was saying that. I thought he was going to go a different direction there, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, Michael Kendricks had a pretty good, uh, pretty great game as well. Um, I mean, you can't can't say enough about this front seven, Pat. Where where, do, where are your thoughts about it? Uh, Connor Barwin for the Pro Bowl, please. <laughs> he is a I sack and that. a half, I believe, away from matching his career high. Um, from breaking his career. Sorry, no, yes. just just yeah, sack and a half. Man. So he needs two sacks to break his career high. And this was, if I remember correctly, he had like eight sacks against the Jags that year. So everyone was saying, well, you know, we only did it against one team. Well, Connor Barwin, when we, when he signed last year and even kind of going into November, really, um, people were saying, well, you know, Connor Barwin's value doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. It was kind of the same thing we've been saying about Fletcher Cox. Uh, It's showing up on the stat sheet. Connor Barwin is playing like a very complete linebacker. You know, the, him spying today was was phenomenal because I think conventional wisdom or or whatever you want to call it would, might make you think that maybe Kendrick should be the one spying. Uh, but I mean, Barwin was just a force. I mean, he was clowning linemen all day. He was just breaking through bull rushes, spin moves. I mean, he's he's he is the biggest takeaway from this game for me on defense. I mean, the front seven's been such a pleasant surprise for me this season. And, and I think the play of Barwin 
being able to really to to show up as a legitimate pass rusher is a big reason why. Yeah, and it's uh, I I think they nobody really expected. I, I think the continuance of. I mean, we talked about it. God, I, every other episode I think coming into the season of they need a pass rusher, they need a pass rusher, they need a pass rusher. Brandon Graham again, just freaking phenomenal game, dude. I mean, it's we're gonna be really hard. I know he's. We were talking about this. I mean, Brandon Graham could probably go out on the free agent market now and just say. Three, four teams, four, three teams. What have you got? I will match up and I'll get 10 sacks for you and it won't be a problem. So, you know, and that's and, and another guy that I thought actually had a pretty decent game that, again, is always in everybody's minds there, Mike, is Casey Matthews. Other than one blown coverage that I thought that I thought that he would, uh, you know, that, that D'Amico couldn't cover. I thought he did pretty well. What did you think out there, Mike? Yeah, I thought Casey did did relatively well. He, you know, and, and you'll notice after uh, if you when if you rewatch the game um, after that blown coverage, he was immediately back out there. He didn't really show a lot of hesitation to make calls. He actually called an adjustment that did really well. Um, I think it was against a run play, but yeah, I thought he did fine. I thought uh, Acho did fine as well. I, you know, before I move on, I, I've got to echo Patrick's thoughts. I think that Barwin's the most complete linebacker we've had since at least 2004. Um, and I've always been a champion of him. I've been a champion of, of, of Malcolm Jenkins. I know, I know Dan has too. Um, they've, they've made some blunders in free agency. They've made some blunders in the draft, but their main free agent targets have worked out very, very well. And I think they showed up in this game. Um, I thought, yeah, you know, I think Casey's Casey's done well. I mean, he's a replacement player, but I think he, he didn't do anything that would make you go, because D'Amico couldn't have covered that. Uh, Olsen Casey, catch. Casey also set the tone. He forced the fumble on what the third play of the game. Yeah, yeah, but I thought that I thought that was Thornton. So uh, Thornton recovered. It. Thornton got the yeah. he started tackling him initially. Casey's the one who punched it out, and Seth's oh, the right. one who recovered. So yeah, I mean, listen, the defense stopped. You know, defense stopped caring in the fourth quarter when they gave up 14 points. But otherwise, that was as dominant an effort as the Giants game. Pretty much from start to finish. Well, and, and if you talk about Graham, I mean, Graham's got four, four and a half sacks on the season and four forced fumbles. That's insane production for a rotational player. Uh, I mean, he's going to go, you know, God bless him. But if the Eagles don't try to resign him and possibly cut Trent Cole, who also had a sack this this game, um, he's going to make some serious cash. Like, it doesn't matter the scheme. It doesn't matter what you throw at him. I mean, yeah. He's even gotten better as a run stopper. I think he had a tackle for a loss also in this game. So you're looking at a situation where, you know, maybe you don't play Boykin, maybe you don't play Foles, but you do pay Graham because he's going to go and make some serious cash somewhere. You bring up Boykin, and actually, I I mean, like, (laughs) I don't know. I think he had a so-so game once again. I'm not sure if there's – it's not even like he was getting, like, uh, that much, you know, outweighed or outheights. I know that's not, like, a a good comparison or words that I'm throwing together here, but, uh, you know, it's back-to-back. It's kind of been, like, not a great year for for Boykin this year. And I'm not even sure if, you know, if he wants to go test the the market value, I'm I'm not sure if anybody's going to pay him to be a starting cornerback here. And uh, do you feel that at all, Mike? I mean, it, it seems like he's... He's just, for whatever reason, he's not making the same kind of plays that he was last year. I mean, Dan and I watched his worst game of his NFL career in person. I mean, he really got torched by Fitzgerald and and Brown and um, in Arizona. And, you know, he, he, he gave up a catch tonight that I was like, how do you give up that catch? I think it was Cotchery. 
And, um, you know, he had a pass breakup. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been, you know, worthy of a contract extension. He goes from having six interceptions and looking like a superstar last year to being kind of just a role player this year. And it's like Graham's taken, stolen his thunder and has been like the key role player this season, he and Vinnie Curry. So, you know, you have Nolan Carroll, who's been a, slot, a good slot corner his entire career. Bradley Fletcher actually was a fantastic slot corner with the Rams. I think you're at a point where you hold the cards if you want to resign Fletcher to a two-year deal and have him play the slot if Boykin moves on or whatever you want to do. Um, you can do that. I think they're going to draft at least one starting corner next year. Um, Kerry Williams had an okay game this, you know, he, he gave up that touchdown to Benjamin, but he also had that pick that was thrown, you know, pretty much to him. Um, you know, I, I don't think Boykin's worthy of an extension. If you talk about guys that are worthy of an extension, you're talking about Cedric Thornton who needs to get paid tomorrow. You're talking about guys like Brandon Graham who are worthy of, of an extension. Um, you know, but outside of that, I really can't think of any guys off the top of my head that really are due the money. And I, I think, boy, can you let him play out his fourth year and then you say happy trails, unfortunately, unless he improves. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how the how that kind of pans out. And um, I just got to say this because we talked about him quite quite lengthfully uh, on the, uh, the, the preview show, but Kelvin Benjamin looked pretty bad tonight. <laughs> and I got to, I, you know, I got to, I got to uh, put that up there. And also getting a notes from uh, BLG that uh, four of his seven touchdowns have all been pretty much garbage time this year. So it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, great, great fantasy player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as Gruden, Gruden was saying during the game, he's just, he had checked out. He's like, I don't care about any of these stats. They don't, don't matter at all. You know, yeah. Panthers, Panthers put up, more than a third of their total yards on those final two drives where the defense had all the backups in and completely checked out. All the backups except, I guess, Kerry Williams. But. Yeah, so maybe, you know, maybe I'll hold the train on uh, Kelvin Benjamin. I'm just saying Marcus Smith's still not on the field. <laughs> At least somebody's on the field. He's on he the actually, field. no, he got, he got some garbage time. But oh, he yeah, yeah, sorry. He got some garbage time in there. That's right. If uh, I'm just I'm just saying, if anybody was injured right now, would he still be on the, would he be on the active roster? Probably not. One guy that obviously said the tone and continues just to be dominant. I can't believe we didn't bring this up at the beginning of the show, but Darren Sproles is an absolute freaking monster. Thank you, New Orleans. Seriously. I, you know, I know it's always good to get rid of a player maybe a year or two before he actually goes, and Joe Banner showed us that with Brian Dawkins and stuff, but, um, I mean, what a what an absolute one-man wrecking crew that guy has been with the, the setup with the, the misdirection Touchdown and, of course, the, the punt return, which kind of just felt like a, a dagger early there, Patrick. So what? Uh, what can, is there anything more we can say about Darren Sproles' awesomeness? Darren Sproles is the heart and soul of this team. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's what I've always said. When you need a big play, he just, he just shows up. I mean, when, when, the, when the punt return touchdown happened, I looked at you and I said, when was the last time we had a player this exciting? He is just the quintessential Chip Kelly player. You can move him all around. He can do a lot of things. He plays special teams. He's a great locker room guy, et cetera, et cetera. He's just, he's just so versatile and he's clutch, whatever that means. Uh, he's good at football, man. I, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, when you need him, when you need lightning in a bottle, he, he is just consistently delivering, which is really amazing. I mean, a player like him, you know, he, you see big plays out of him, but I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the stats, but I, I, you know, just from watching highlights or whatever, I don't remember him being this consistently excellent 
um, in in New Orleans. And it's 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 awesome. I'm glad he's on my team. Dan's giving me a look like I'm wrong, which is not which is not unlikely. No, he was pretty awesome in New Orleans, and I think Schiff's just using him to the opt. He's not he's using him a little bit less than you know than we saw in those. For, he's using him a little bit less than we saw um, in New Orleans, but he's he's optimizing. Uh, he's optimizing anything that you can get from Darren Sproles. He's been a monster on kick return on uh, punt returns. He's been like like Patrick said. He's every time he touches the ball, I like he takes one or two steps and he's at top speed. And I'm just yeah. expecting a 20 plus yard electric play. And you know, there's uh, people. There were some people who said, "Ah, you shouldn't trade for a 31 year old running back." You know that he's not going to deliver much. He's been a complete, an absolute spark plug. And you really saw the team. The team struggled without him to create explosive plays against the Cardinals. No doubt about it. They, you know, and with him, it's just a completely different animal with him in the lineup. He's a he's a wild card. The other team really just has no answer for most of the time. Yeah, and that was like <laughs> that was like the worst punt coverage I've ever seen in my life on that first one. And it, it's, it's he took three steps, and you're like, yeah, he's it's that's it. He's going. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if we're missing anything. It was just an old fashioned. Good old Philadelphia butt whooping here. Um, Mike K, your final thoughts as we're rolling out here. Yeah, first things first. Chip, if you win the coin toss, please elect to receive uh, next week against the Packers. You've got to put up points before Aaron Rodgers gets on the field. And then secondly, I mean, I think this is probably going to be the first game where we all get to enjoy a win. Uh, I feel like too often there's this stigma where it's like we have to bash a certain player or the quarterback or whatever or look ahead. Just enjoy this win, please, dear Lord. It's we're the team seven and two. Just yeah, enjoy awesome. it. Please move forward. This team is on the cusp of making the playoffs. Once you get into the dance, anything can happen. We didn't think anything of the Giants teams and the Ravens teams that won the Super Bowl. Just think positive. Let's focus on the rest of this year. It's not like the team's two and seven. We're not the Jets. Just <laughs> look forward to the playoffs. I I think Mike is is perfectly eloquent with what he just said. I mean, I I'm going to go back to the defense. I mean, we talk about Chip Kelly's offense, and you know the pieces are taking some time to get to get moving, um, which I don't think any of us saw coming. But but making up for it tenfold is the defense. You know, making plays, making big stops, and the special teams showing up. I mean, this 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 team is playing like a team, and it's exciting to see what this team can do. I mean, you when special teams makes a play, I feel like before this season you would say, "Yeah, well, that's a fluke." You know, who knows? But we're seeing a team that was built with special teams in mind to the point where, when the special teams has a big play, when they block a kick, when they return a kick for a touchdown. It doesn't feel like a fluke. It feels like it was supposed to happen, that it was designed to happen, and that this team is intending for these kinds of plays to happen. And these are the kinds of things that can show up in the playoffs, that can show up in clutch situations. And I'm excited to watch this team in the next two months. Two of the things that Chip Kelly harps on all the time can't come to mind when Parrick's talking about it. It doesn't feel like a fluke when the defense or the special teams makes a great play. It's one, habits reflect the mission. This team practices special teams more than any other team in the league, and what did he say? You don't right? It was it, it was it was sink to the level you you sink to the level of your training, is right? Right. That was a guy that goddamn brilliant quote, and that's really what it is. This team they practice special teams more than any other team in the league, and it's not a coincidence that they have the best special teams, and that 
special teams seem to make at least one or two huge impact plays that can flip a game on its head every week. And three phases of the game, usually, you know, people all the time forget. They think it's just offense and defense. But, you know, with Chip, it's all three phases got to contribute. And we've seen it with special teams this year. It's it's honestly, it's it's like the coverage teams are like what we had with with uh, John Harbaugh and the return unit is unlike anything that we've had before. Yeah. yeah I, I can't, uh, I can't remember anything more of just being so dominant and it clearly dominant with the rest of the league. Um, that's the spark plug, you know I mean? The, the, the special teams and the defense special teams more or less have, have bailed this team out of, of a lot of sticky situations, especially like we've just been talking about. Sometimes you're not able to run the ball. Sometimes you're you know, you're not able to pass the ball. <laughs> so when we, you can take points wherever you can, I mean, that's a huge swing if you have Darren Sproles running in for a touchdown every other game or, you know, whatever it ends up being. But uh, um, I, I'm not quite sure how this turned out, but uh, it was their first attempt at uh, all of us kind of sitting in the room here along with Mike K being in here. Once again, a big, humongous thank you to Philly Faithful and Dan and Andy from Movember at Movember.com. You can go check that out, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, for myself, John Barchard, for Patrick Wall, for Dan Kloster, and Mike K, enjoy this freaking win and let the Sanchez rise in Philadelphia. Thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.